0: welcome back new and current subscribers you are at the christmas edition of from the sideline podcast we glad y'all here to join us today hope everybody had a wonderful holiday Uh, i am your host i am aka 20 also known as Twine. Uh My Twitter handle is uh, branding underscore elite at twitter.com and then also the same thing at Instagram. I'm about to pass it off to the next host because I'm only one third of the host. Jean, go ahead and introduce yourself.
1: What's going on? Laijin Nation. We just out here. This is your boy Jean. You can catch me on Twitter at L-Y underscore G-E-N-E. Please keep listening, reach down, hit the subscribe button so that you can get those alerts and things of that nature so you can continue hearing great sports talk from three of the fellas. Yo, Charlie, hit them up, man.
2: Yes, sir. So again, you know, this your boy, Charlie, AKA for the family, you know me as Bobo, of course. You know, you can hit me on Twitter at Charlie8606, and like I said, we appreciate the new subscribers. You know, that's that subscribe and also our current subscribers as i always say start the podcast let's get right into it fellas
0: let's get right into it it. all right so since this week in nfl had only a few teams that were still fighting for you know some playoff spots and some implications and then week 17 is going to be much weaker because a lot of teams probably won't even play a lot of their starters we're going to go ahead and do something a little different for y'all today so today we're going to talk about coaches we're going to talk about coaches of the years candidates we're going to talk about uh coaches on the hot seat we're going to talk about it and then we're going to talk about the most attractive place to play for already vacant spots and then for possible vacancies that will open up at the end of the season of week 17 it's black monday so i'm gonna start out with my man who is your top candidate for coach of the year my man
1: Man, there's a couple out there right now. Um, you you, you got to give credit to a lot of the coaches and what a lot of the teams have accomplished uh, this year. You know what I'm saying? Some, some unexpected. Uh, I'd even throw out Sean Payton because nobody expected the Saints to go back-to-back. You know what I'm saying? They expected them to go back to the playoffs, but they didn't expect them to win this division back-to-back. I definitely got to throw Frank Reich out there. Um especially with everything that was going on in Indianapolis when he took over. You know what I'm saying? Nobody knew what was going on with Andrew Luck. They started out one in five. He's completely turned their franchise around. Then, hey, I got to throw Andy Reid out there because Andy Reid traded his veteran quarterback. You know what I'm saying? Stuck with the youngster and is doing a, a, a heck of a job right now out there in Kansas City. And then, of course... I hate to admit it, uh, you got to look at what's going on in Cleveland. You got to look at what's going on in Chicago. I mean, these two teams went from worst to first, so that's that, that's a lot to that's a lot to deal with. So I like I like I like where they're going. Um, so there's a couple of candidates I got out there. Um, Bill O'Brien, uh, I, I have to give Bill O'Brien his props. He's done a heck of a job on that team. That offense is humming when everybody's healthy. So outside of the Injuries and a few things of that nature that they've had. You know what I'm saying? They've been a, a solid team as well. So, it's, it's a couple out there. It's a couple out there. Matt Nagy, you know, Pete Carroll <laughs> holding that team together. So, there's there, there's a few out there that deserve it. Um, it all depends on what this last week holds because there's still a lot of still a lot of ball to be played. You know what I mean? So, I, I don't know about you, Twan, but those are a few of the candidates that I'd put up there. But my top two would probably be Matt Nagy and... I'd hate to say it, man, Sean Payton. Those would be my top two. What about
0: you? I, I agree with you on a lot of those, but I'm going to do a top three, and then I'm going to add a few more names to the list, kind of like you did here. So starting with my top three, my top three going to be um Matt Nagy being number one. Uh, we all know with a phenomenal job he did turning that Bears team around in just one season with a bunch of brand-new players on that offensive side, and him being brand-new as well, too, being very innovative with, you know, his coaching staff and then the players and just what they were able to do on the field. My next one, though, um, I'm going to kind of switch it up from yours. Mine's is going to be Andy Reid, and it kind of go back to what you said, because of the fact that he had got rid of his veteran quarterback and went with a rookie that he only started last year week 17 and you know kind of a meaningless game you know getting ready for the playoffs and stuff and the rookie did play pretty well last year you know uh, talking about Patrick Mahomes but uh this year the man been lights out so I got to give all credit due so um, and then the third one Got to be Bill O'Brien. Got to be Bill O'Brien. Not taking nothing away from Sean Payton. We know what Sean Payton could do. He already won a Super Bowl. But Bill O'Brien, three, you know, just what he able to do with Houston, um, you know, Kind of having that team that went through a lot of injuries, similar to like the Bears, mm-hmm. and you know it started out good, mm-hmm. and then it just fell apart when the injuries started happening. Especially when they had lost uh, Deshaun Watson last year, the whole team fell apart after they lost their quarterback. But now that they got him and got him healthy, that defense right. is healthy. They got Watson, there, who's healthy as well too. Right. In my top three, right there. But you know the other names I will throw out there um, again: Sean Payton, who's done a you know phenomenal job with them, getting that getting that Saints team back on track, just what he able to do with that offense and the defense man the defense ain't looking too bad you can't you can't say too much about that one um the next name I'll throw up there it got to be Frank Wright as well too what he's done with the Colts uh, Anthony Lynn who does not get a lot of credit over there uh with the Chargers man he definitely got to be up there as well too um you know and, and then uh Pete Carroll and Sean McVay. You know, I know what both of them cats can do too, but they right. they they next on my list. But again, my top three again is right. gonna be Nagy, it's gonna be Reed, and it's gonna be Bill O'Brien. So uh Charlie, who who your uh, top coaching candidates?
2: Well, I'm glad you asked, sir. So pretty much my top three, of course, Matt Nagy will be number one. You know, just wave it to turn the Bears, my favorite team around. Also, Frank White, you know, the the coach over there for the Colts. I mean, you got the comeback player of the year, which is in um, the quarterback as well, which is Andrew Luck, you know, that had these nagging injuries for the past couple seasons, had to play behind a bad O-line, which, if I'm not mistaken, they got that O-line together with that right guard and that left tackle as well. And also you got that rookie linebacker that just over there balling. And then you got that the rookie, if I'm not mistaken, Malik Hooker, you know, the safety over there that's playing play, playing solid as well. They they playing solid. But also, if it's not them two, I gotta say the number three is Anthony Lynn for the Chargers. I mean, look what he has able to do with quarterback Phillip Rivers. I mean, look at his look at his stats, his speaks volumes, but look at the defense. You know, as well, look at that rookie, the rookie safety, Derwin James. I mean, that dude is a beast. And then you, you throw in Bolza. You throw in uh, you throw in Melvin Gordon, you know, on the defensive side. But also, you still got Melvin Gordon to run it back. And also, when he went down, look what the rookies were able to do as well with the with running the football. they you also got Mike Woods, which is something special, even though he had a lost season last year because of injury. But he came back this year and just balled out as well. Also, with Keenan Allen. So those are my top three choices. If it's not Matt Nagy, I would say either go to Frank Wright, or Anthony Lynn. And also remember two fellows is that didn't nobody want to take on that coach job, you know, as well, because uh, if I'm not mistaken, um, the officer coordinator for the Pat, for the Pat, for the Patriots, you know, he backed out of it the last second. Cause he didn't trust, he didn't trust um, uh, whether Andrew Luck was going to be healthy or not. So I got to get Frank, Wright And that organization, all the credit in the world to have, Andrew Luck just played lights out, and and it could sneak into the playoffs as well. Um, again, I mean, you know, you got your Sean McVay's, you got your Pete Carroll's. I, I get all what y'all saying, fellas, but those are my top three. I mean, I won't naggy, of course, but I would have to either say either Anthony Lynn or Frank Wright. I, I couldn't go wrong with either of those two as well. Just what they was able to do with those teams, you know, turn those teams around, you know, as well. Anthony Lynn being in his second season, you know, as well. And Frank Wright being in his first season. Also, you know, I can't take it away from them, too. Those are my top three as well. I mean, yeah, you got your Bill O'Brien for Houston and things like that. But, I mean, he's been there for a while. So I can't really, I can't really, like, I mean, I can give it credit, when credit is due, but I'm not going to say he deserved to be in, in, in the, like, t- maybe top ten, but not top five coach of the year conversation. So that's just my take, fellas. Okay, okay, okay.
1: okay. Uh, I, hey, I, I I have to agree with y'all with Anthony Lynn. I mean, I apologize for even yeah. leaving his name off the list. What he has done with the Chargers is yes. an amazing thing. Um, in the playoffs, successful and looking like a powerhouse. Yes. You know what I'm saying? They had two bumps in the road this season, Uh, just this past week, bump in the road but I can see them getting into the playoffs and making some noise. Uh, the type of noise they're going to make under Anthony Lynn is going to be some dangerous noise. So the only team I can see that can stop them is Andy Reid, who I put in my top choices here, and the Kansas City Chiefs. And right now, they're looking vulnerable to a strong defense. So that's that's something I see happening. I see them teams meeting, and I, I, I think that's that's Coach of the Year. Canada, but, to see right But now. let me,
2: not to cut you off, but let me say this, too. The reason I say if it's not Matt Nagy, it's either Frank Wright or Anthony Lynn, is that with Anthony Lynn, y'all 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 gotta look at it like this. He has two, he has a he has two head coaches on his staff. One that's an offensive coordinator, He used to be a head coach. One that's a defensive coordinator, they used to be a head coach. I mean, so he's able to just just coach the, he's just able to just be a head coach. You know, they able to just trust those guys and just be a head coach. That's it. Let them call the plays, let them do what they and go from there as well. So that's why I said, if it's not Matt Nagy, if it's one of those two, I'm going to get Anthony Lynn the upper hand just a little bit as well, you know, cause he easy could just take over the play call for either one of them, but he just being a straight head coach, which that speaks volumes, volumes to him and then having a veteran quarterback. And then also actually they can might take the division. I mean, I don't know if they can, but I'm, I mean, it's a possibility, but I mean, you just got to give credit when credit is due. Seriously.
1: I completely agree, and that's why I hold Mike Nagy right now at the highest point. Mm-hmm. Um, what he's done, being able to coach the offense, because you got to realize he is the offensive coordinator yes. as well as the head coach, yes. and that's what makes him so dangerous. He's able to coach this whole team. And he has the type of coach in Vic Fangio that coaches the defense right. and makes everything work out for him. So I see this as a very big positive for this team. Matt Nagy right now to me is the leader mm-hmm. because of what he's accomplished because, I mean, you took this team from worst to first, and, I mean, my goodness, with the possibility of landing in the number two spot, and they're Super Bowl contender. You can't take that away from them right now. Uh, but real talk, with that being said, Twan, I know you have other topics for me now.
0: Yes. Yes. I got some <laughs> other topics here for you. So with the good, with the head coaches, we always got to talk about them executives, but we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back with you to talk about the executive of the year candidates. Be right back. Welcome back, fans. We are back, and we are about to jump into the conversation about uh, NFL Executives of the Year. I'm going to list off a couple of them, and then we're going to discuss all of them. So I'm going to give you all, uh, let's go with, you know, like the top five for right now. So um, some of the names in no particular order, we'll go with with, um, Chris Ballard uh, from the Indianapolis Colts being one. Mm -hmm. We'll go with Brett Leach. Um, being number two uh, again no particular order we'll go with uh mickey loomis um being number three and i should do this mickey loomis um uh, from the saints as well too and if i didn't say um if i didn't say chris ballard he is from the Colts. uh so i apologize and brett leach is also from kansas city chief and then we'll go with uh for the chicago bears we would go with ryan pace and then I'll throw in another name here, real quick as well, too. Um, let's let's throw in uh, let's throw in less Los Angeles Rams because a lot of people know what they did in the offseason season here. Uh, so starting off with Charlie, let me get your take on these uh, executives of the year. Who you think should win? Uh, We're gonna keep it short. Uh, just give us a quick rundown on who you like the best and why they should be that executive of the year.
2: Okay. Well, I mean, as the the executive of the year. Of course, I would like Ryan. I would like to be from Chicago, of course. But I'm again. I'm gonna have to revert back to the Colts of what they was able to do, of of what they was able to do as far as drafting wise. Again, you got players in the draft that rookie linebacker that that's that's on the pace. It has over a hundred tackles, which is amazing. I mean, he's balling. Then you you know you got um, uh, Malik. I think his name is Malik Hooker. As I stated earlier, that plays for the Colts, that's a safety that's that that was good in college, but is actually playing pretty decent as well. That defensive side of the ball is playing pretty good. But also you still got your you got quarter, you got your quarterback that's finally healthy, which is Andrew Luck. And I mean, the guy is is throwing the ball like like he like it's like it's like he's, like he's like he's the old Andrew Luck. Uh you got that old line together, which was a problem for Andrew Luck the past couple of years. He was able to sustain that injury as well. You know, you still got tight uh, T.Y. Hilton uh, as well. That tight end that they have is, you know, he's coming along strong as well. Um, he's pretty much Andrew Luck's favorite target, one of his favorite targets. Then you got Melvin Mack, the running back over there, that's running the ball. I mean, so you 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 have players around Luck that he don't have to just, you know, you have a running back that don't have to throw, you have a running back that can run the ball, and he doesn't have to throw the ball all the time. He could just hand the ball off get you some good yardage, set up that play action, go from there. And then you got, like I said before, you got that O-line together, which was huge. So you drafted, you, drafted, you, you drafted your line, which was your tackle and your guard. You got you got the line together as well. Also, you took care of the free agency as well. So he's pretty much my top pick for the Colt as well. And then you brought in a coach that didn't renege at the last second that took on the challenge of saying, hey, I'm going to take on this challenge with Andrew Luck he's my quarterback and look what happened. They on the verge of going to the might go to the playoffs come Sunday night as well. So you factor all those things in together and then they have a winning record after having some losing records the past couple of seasons and then you, you your franchise quarterback that's supposed to be the next uh, best thing since paint of, uh, you know, since paying Manny, and he's come back and he has this resurgence that speaks volumes. So he's pretty much is my top um, executive of the year for the Colts okay. as well, which is Ballard.
0: Okay, so good. La-Gee. So what do you
2: think, Lajeem? Yep.
1: Well, I got to look at a couple of things. Um, some of the things that make some of these guys is like, for me, Brett Beach has Andy Reid and what they've put together over there. you got Patrick Mahomes. They went Uh, This offseason, a guy, Sammy Watkins, Uh, Tariq Hill is a part of this. uh, You know what I'm saying? His uh, draft classes. Uh, Travis Kelsey is balling. Kareem Hunt, although, you know, turned into the situation it did. He's still with a feature. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Then when you look over there at what Mickey Loomis and Jeff Ireland is doing, with Sean Payton, man, that, that that's amazing. I mean, you're keeping an all-star, but then you build your defense so that you can give Drew Brees some more time to do what Drew Brees does. Um, them taking Marcus Davenport, every thought everybody thought was a bad thing, but it has shored up their edge. So you can't be mad at that. Les Sneed is doing a great thing over there with Sean McVay. Um Dominican Sue was a great pickup. The Keith Lee was a great pickup. Marcus Peters was a great pickup. Come on, let's look at what they've done on their defensive end. Although they lost Sammy Watkins, you still got Robert Woods, you know what I'm saying, who's turning out to be a great replacement for what Sammy Watkins was doing. So I'm, I'm, I'm greatly uh, putting them at the top of that list. And let's be honest, uh, Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy in the Chicago Bears, we all know what they did. Um, the big signing right at the beginning of the season with uh, Khalil Mack, even bigger signings from me. Other uh, receiving tandems that you went and put together, uh, you went and grabbed Taylor Gabriel. You went and grabbed a Trey Burton. You went and grabbed uh, uh, from from from. I apologize, man. I'm so geek when it comes to what these guys have done. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They grabbed Allen Robinson. I apologize. Then you turn around and draft a player and and Roquan Smith to add to a top 10 defense that was guaranteed to be a top five this year because of what you got. They got the chops to be a top five. Then you add Khalil Mack and Roquan Smith. So when I look at what these top guys should be, uh, it's all about what they've brought to the team since they've been there. Um, And you made a great point, Charlie, when you talk about Chris Ballard. Chris Ballard has done a great thing. Um, like you said, you went from having no coach at the beginning of the year to having possibly the coach of the year. Um, <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? And Frank Wright, he took this, uh, he, he he took about a wing and he ran with it, man. And nobody knew what left was going to do. But then you draft the guard in Quentin Nelson and get left a little bit of protection, and he gets the legs back on the guard back on And Like you said, Darius Leonard is getting here defensively for me right now. Uh, I don't see anybody catching them. Uh, Roquan possibly could, but it's only one last game, so he <laughs> you'd have to have it, a surprise game. But when I when I think about it, like I said, it's about what they have brought to the team. And these are the guys that have brought the things to the team for me that should be, you know, recognized as candidates for, you know, executive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
0: All right, I'm gonna give y'all a couple of mine too. <clears throat> I like um, what both of y'all talking about basically, um, between, uh, Ballard and then, um, what you was talking about with, uh, KC as well too, but I'm, I'm going to be 100 here. So I'm going to start out right away and just tell you my first pick is going to be Ryan Pace. And it's what he's done, um, uh, with this team that he inherited between two GMs before him seems to be the most impressive out of all of them not taking anything away from Chris Ballard because he did have to scramble for a new head coach in the last few minutes, which was crazy mm-hmm. after he got burned um but uh what's his name going back to uh, going back to New England on him like that, just you know just changing his mind out of nowhere, just like i'm going back that's crazy so <clears throat> at first, it looked pretty bad well for Ballard, you know that he had to just kind of pick somebody, but it's all working out, so that's great, but with Brian Pace he had to inherit. Again, with two GMs before him, and had to literally, you know, what I'm saying, just deconstruct all these bad contracts, all these aging players, you know, all these players who just didn't fit, and then had to take on a coach who he, let's be honest, it had never come out personally, but the the fact that um, <clears throat> the fact that he doesn't have a he doesn't he you know he had to accept. John Fox is his head coach, you know, says a lot. And then for, you know, just getting the coach that he actually wanted and it turned around just like that, just getting that one coach, you know, that he believed in, he knew, in, he trusted that, you know, could change this thing around for him quickly. When uh, we also got to be honest, a lot of people was calling for his job and I was one of them. I'll be one of them that say, hey, man, I don't think this dude can do it. And y'all know, like I I know, (laughs) y'all know it. So mm-hmm. that being said, man, don't nobody top that man as uh, executive of the year. for I me. Mean. props to all the other guys who done did it, you know, who've been able to put it together, um, you know, short term, you know, build up something. But what this man did in the short term, in the, in the process of having a coach, he really didn't want to begin with and just grab it, you know, saying something now he's able to do that and bring in and convince players to come play for this team and telling them his vision. That's that's my winner right there. At the end of the day, you know, he had, you know, he got ridiculed for everything he did. So he, he, I got to give him all the props in the world. So
2: well, well, let me just say this now. You know, I'm a Bears fan, also. Just like, just like y'all, you know, to the heart, mm-hmm. to the core, to the soul, no doubt. You know, so of course I would want Nagy to to get it, of course. But you know, this the podcast is from the sidelines. That's the name of it. So I I'm looking from the sidelines, you know, and I got to. I, I got to get credit when credit is due as well, you know, because, again, like you, like you said, Chris Ballard, he didn't have a, he didn't have a coach. He, he thought he had a coach. He thought he had him sign on the dotted line. And then the man reneged. Like, he reneged like you reneged in space. Like, you don't do that. You don't do that. So, for him to go get Frank White, go get that man, and that man turn that team around and make them a competitive team, which did nobody think that they could be this competitive, you know, as well with signature wins. You know, they put a goose egg on Dallas. I didn't mean to say that I'm sorry, which they did, it's true. But again, just <laughs> everything. You know, and again, not taking away from what the you know, from what Los Angeles Rams did by signing Dominic Dominicus and, you know, Robert Wood trade for Robert Woods and, you know, you bring in you trade for Marcus Peters and you got a key to leave, you know, things like that. I'm not taking that away from. I'm not taking away from them. I'm not taking away from Kansas City either. For going with Patrick Mahomes, you know, you went, you know, you had, you know, you had a veteran quarterback. He went on to Washington, you know, as well. Then you went with Patrick Mahomes, you know, as well, as which, well he, which he, did, you know, as well. as well. I'm so I just look at it like Ballard. I won't nag it. I was no excuse me. I want Pace to get it, but if it, if it ain't Pace, it's got to be Ballard as well so so i mean what do you say like jean
1: i mean i give you valid and, and and i understand the argument about pace but then there's two guys that really aren't getting the respect that i think they deserve and that's Ozzy Newsom because right now he's winning with his current draft class uh lamar jackson you know what okay. i'm saying okay when you look at it like that what do they bring? What did their draft class do? Why are they winning? Is it because of what they've done, or are they living off of the previous regimes? You know what I'm saying, Task. And another guy that's not getting enough from me is John Dorsey over in Cleveland. He's doing this after getting rid of a coach and having to throw somebody to the wolves. And this team turned into almost a playoff team. You don't see that often. So John Dorsey and Ozzy Newsome, to me, deserve a lot more credit than what they've been receiving. And I think their names should be thrown in this pot as well.
0: Their names is in this pot. I definitely agree with you on that. John Dorsey, what he's done uh, with the draft picks that he's putting together, hey, they may turn around to be next year's, you know, Chicago Bears or the year before Los Angeles Rams, what they putting together. Um, but at the same time, you know, they they, they on that list. They're on that list, but they just not – you know, they're not top five. You know, Ozzy, let's let's keep it one hundred. Um, it didn't start out so good, but now that you know they've been playing the rookie, they've been winning some games. So that's why I said they ain't in my top five, but they definitely, you know. Maybe next year, you know. Maybe next year for him. But right now, you know, the ones that I listed beforehand, in no particular order, until I, you know, I had to, you know, pick my choice. Uh, those are the ones that deserve it the most, with you know the the type of yeah. team they had to do, the lineups, the coaches, and everything else. So, Ryan Pace, my one A. What they supposed to? Yeah, definitely. Ryan right. Pace, my one A. Chris Ballard would definitely be my one B. Everybody else, you know, again, they've been kind of working together for a little bit now. You know, they, you know, they on the same page. But these other two, you know, bar none, you know, they, they stand out before anybody. Yeah. But, again, like I said, what, what Pace had to, you know, literally had to do because uh, the coach, you know, had a decent roster. The Bears didn't when, uh, when Pace took over. So, that's, that's yeah. why I'm – all right, for our next topic, then, we're going to talk about uh, coaches on the hot seat here. So, with that being said, I'm going to start off with a few names again, kind of the same way I did with uh, executives of the year. So, a few names that's kind of on that warm side here. We're going to talk about Ron Rivera, who definitely out of the playoffs. Jay Gruden, I know he has some injuries here, you know, kind of out of his control, but he's still kind of warm there. And then we're going to talk about Doug Marone after the good season he had with Jacksonville last year, and this year it just all fell apart. So, that's a name. Marvin Lewis, who seemed to keep sticking around with the Bengals, I don't know how, but he's been sticking around for a long time when he probably should have been fired maybe a couple seasons ago. Uh, Dirk Cotter, who took over um, after uh, Lovey Smith got fired, and he ain't really turned that team around. I know it's only been about two seasons for him, but he's on that list as well, too. Vance Joseph, he only had about two seasons, maybe three seasons himself over there uh, with the Broncos, Uh, but you got to kind of consider it since he had a new uh, quarterback and stuff. Um, Ty Bowles. I know he only had two seasons with the Jets here, but, you know, they did, you know, bring in some new names over there. Uh, then I'm going to talk about Joe Fieldman, too. I don't think he can keep that spot over there with Green Bay. So I'm going to pass it off to my man, LaJean. Give me give me your thoughts on some of these uh, coaches that's on the hot seat here.
1: Well, a lot of this has to do with what's going on this season. You're seeing some injuries here. You're seeing some mistakes in the draft here and there you know It's it, it's been a couple of things going on um, another one that I'd even add to that list is Adam Gase because his seat don't seem mm-hmm. too certain I mean he was hot at the beginning of the season when they was in playoff contention but look where they are now you know what I'm saying it seems like that team just fell apart um, same thing with Vance Joseph <clears throat> you were just in the playoffs what happened to the team that you took to the playoffs Well, let's be honest. The mistake that was made there, they brought in Case Uh, Keenum. That killed him. I mean, you did well in the draft, but you did nothing with your quarterback position. So that's just something uh, you got to worry about. And like you said, Dirk Coder, uh, his situation, man, I, I... he has to figure out who he wants to believe in as far as his quarterback is concerned, because it feels like they have a quarterback of the future, but they don't have a quarterback of the future. Who knows? So is it the fact that, uh, their quarter need to be gone or is it the fact that, you know, somebody else need to be gone, but something needs to happen because Jamise Winston needs some help. Um, getting his mechanics correct, getting his game correct, getting his head back in the game and getting his confidence back, man. I think he's struggling in that area uh, due to the people that surrounding him and that comes down to you know what I'm saying? Their quarter and, and company. So, it, it's a couple of names out there. It's, it truly is a couple of names out there.
2: Man. So, yeah, I mean, as far as my take goes on the coaches, I mean, you, you named off a couple. With Ryan Rivera, you know as well, um, Marvin Lewis. I mean, he's over seven in the playoffs. He definitely has to go. He has been there since two thousand three. I mean, Andy Dalton. He has to. He has to go. I mean, when you go over seven in the playoffs, over seven, you have winning records at that. It's, it's time to go, man. They should have been, bro. They just. Should, they they should have been brought somebody in uh, with that. So I'm glad you brought up Marvin Lewis. And like I said, Ron Rivera. Um, definitely on the, on a coaching high seat, just because I mean, you know, Cam Newton is not the same Cam Newton as well. You had that Super Bowl run as well um, when you went fifteen and one. Then the next season you had the big drop off. So that was just you know, I mean, just a you know, constant big upset. You know, you're pretty much on the outside looking in. I mean, you had a run a little bit in the regular season. Then it just faded off. You know, you just lost games. But I'm gonna tell you a coach that you guys didn't even mention, and I'm gonna go with Mike Tomlin from Pittsburgh Steelers. If 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 got to go, he got to go too. And what I mean is that is that again, I mean, when you make boneheaded decisions during the season that cost you games, and then you only been to two Super Bowl appearances. <coughs> You win one, then you lose one. You know, they shouldn't have lost to Green Bay, but they, they did. Then your defense is not where it needs to be. I mean, they got a decent front seven, but the defense is not, I mean, that's not where it needs to be. And then, you know, I mean, it just, it's, just, it's a lot. It's a lot. You know, and then not only that, I'm going to say this too, by, by Tomlin. You had an opportunity to win the game, lock up your division last Sunday, and then you blew it. You blew it. So, yeah, your time there has to go. You, it is time for you to go. Bill Roxburgh is not getting – he's not getting any younger. He's getting older. And then the key to that also that I say he should go is how he didn't handle the Le'Veon Bell situation. He let the players affect that instead of him stepping in and beating the head coach and telling his players, hey, that's on Le'Veon Bell. You know, let's keep it in the house. You let the players have a say-so. So I fought you just as well as I fought the players because you the head coach. You are supposed to keep that together. You're absolutely right, man. You're absolutely right.
0: I think that is <laughs>
2: so wrong. So I'm pretty sure Pittsburgh still fans, excuse me, yeah, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh the fans are probably agreeing with me but they are listening, like, yeah, he has to go as well. You know? Cause not having Le'Veon Bell there, I mean, yeah, they had they had I what's his name? James Connor, that's his name. Yeah, he was decent, but you, you're not replacing me on Bell. I don't care who you are. You're not replacing that. So, yeah, Mike Tomlin has to be his time. It, it's time to go. It, it, it's
0: time to go. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to disagree with you there, and then I'm ai going to give my hot seat uh, okay. coaches on there. I'm going to disagree with you on the Tomlin. I agree with you on the fact that you said that he didn't you know, keep things in house because that's what a head coach is supposed to do. But I also think the front office is supposed to do a better job with that as well, too. So they didn't handle that situation well at all. But I don't think that Le'Veon not being there has put them in the situation playoff-wise because James Conner did ball out. He did his thing. He did exactly what he was supposed to do. You know, I always say next man up. Ain't no excuses. That man stepped up and was next man up, and his you know his stats don't lie. So that don't take anything in, uh, away from you know. What they were trying to do or accomplish with their offense, I think it still flowed the same way. They still passed on the ball the same way they did. Le'Veon, they still ran the ball with him, and he did both well. He excelled at both of them and stuff. I think the biggest problem is actually been Ben Roethlisberger when you can't get Antonio. Brown the ball, you know, and had a complete drop-off on this season, you know, that's been the biggest problem. It's been your quarterback situation, and it's also been your offensive line situation because you got not only Antonio Brown, but you got Juju uh, Schuster-Smith. You know, there's no reason that your quarterback should not be getting these playmakers to, uh, the ball in their hand and stuff. That game was not lost on them. They defense ain't the same defense that we's used that we're used to seeing. That's been the biggest problem right there. And they offense has still, you know, been up and down all season. But I don't really put that on the head coach. So that's why he ain't on my head on on, on my list here. So <clears throat> go ahead, but you yeah, pretty let much counting. No, go, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, I'll let I'll let you count it. Okay,
2: but you but again, twenty, you making my argument. I mean, they're they've been up and down. So why would that not be on the head coach? let this just, just be honest. Why would that not be on the head coach? you making my, you making my argument, my
0: point. No, I'm not. I'm actually telling you it's on the quarterback. It's on your quarterback. Your quarterback knows their system. It's the same offensive coordinator. It's the same thing. Because my point, my point again was, again, without Le'Veon Bell, you were still able to succeed the same way to running, with the running game as, as a running back, as a pass catcher out of the backfield. It was no drop-off. If you look at it statistically – James Conner had a better season this year than Le'Veon had last year. So that tells a lot right there. This falls on your quarterback here. You know, this is your quarterback not doing what he's supposed to do. When you the system, all you did was you did a plug-and-play with a different running back, and he had better statistics catching the ball out of the backfield and running the ball. That falls on him, man. That falls on him. When 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 the shit hit the fan, excuse my language, audience, he wasn't able to come through for you. Period. You know, when they were needing drives and they needed to sustain it or keep that lead, especially this game that they just lost – that fell on the quarterback. You I can't even really put it on, uh, put it on Juju for fumbling that ball in the way it did because again, Ben Roethlisberger didn't do what he needed to do. He didn't keep his foot on the pedal. He was missing receivers out there, and that's why they was in that situation. That's not making your case. That's saying that falls on him, not the offensive coordinator, not the head coach, because at the end of the day, that's a defensive minded head coach. He ain't even an offensive minded head coach. He's always been a defensive mind. So it ain't on the offensive coordinator. This on your quarterback that got you in that position there.
2: Okay, so again, okay, so I give you I give you that to some degree that he is a defensive coach. You just, now, so now since you say he was a defensive coach, how is that defense? Can we talk about that?
0: Yeah, you got I J.J. You got J.J. Watt's little brother, who's uh, been shit. balling out. He, he, he double-digit sacks. He double-digit okay. sacks, bro.
2: Okay, but going? they give up a lot of yards, and they give up a lot of points, too.
0: Hey, but I you understand. That
2: that's a defense, you, but you just said that Mike Tomlin was a defensive coach, mm-hmm. so you got to – He got to take some blame on that. Come on now, come on now. He got to take some blame on that.
0: His coach uh, is always going to take some blame, uh-uh.
2: right? Yes. But you making it seem like that he wasn't going, that he shouldn't take, like he should not be on the – With the way what what I'm, I hear what you say, but what I'm, Charlie.
1: here's what Charlie, you don't understand at this point in time. And the way the Pittsburgh Steelers are playing, you have to understand that their defense was keeping them in a lot of games when Ben Roethlisberger was turning the ball over at critical moments. That's not something that is a coach's situation. The coach is not out there making the plays for Ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger has been making bad plays lately. And then he's throwing his players under the bus and despite of the bad play that he's making. So at this point in time, I'm sorry. I apologize. I have to agree with you, Tuan, on this one because Ben Roethlisberger has cost his team the playoffs this year. It hasn't been the coaching style because the defense was playing well for several games and keeping a minute in. Ben Roethlisberger is turning the ball over in the end zone. You know what I'm saying? So when you have those type of plays happening, you can't be on the side of the co- of, of the player in spite of the coach or the coach in spite of the player, because in this case, it's definitely the player that's costing this day and wins. So I'll pose this question to you. Twan, when it comes down to it, man, you know how we are about football, <clears throat> you know about how we are about giving somebody an opportunity and a chance. So I'll ask you like this, Twan. When it comes down to it, as far as hot seats are concerned, can a rookie coach be on the hot seat? A la the man in Detroit, Matt Patricia. Can he be on the hot
0: seat? Yes, he can be on the hot seat, but at the same time, you have to give him his just due. You have to allow him to get his players in there. You have to allow him to feel things out, and you have to allow things to, or players, shall I say, not things, to be able to buy in. They have to be able to, you know, you know, start to, you know, all come together as a unit to say, hey, this is the coach. This is what he like to do. This is philosophy. Let's see if we can figure it out. But he has to be the one that gathers them. So he could be on the hot seat to let him know, not this year, but next year, we need to see some major improvements. Because to me, he had lost that whole locker room after the Thanksgiving game. You know, but after that loss, that was it. He, you know, I ain't going to say who he played. I'm just saying that he lost that whole team after that Thanksgiving game. And it's been downhill from there. And they ain't been able to do much at all. Now, there's a lot of other issues at hand, but he do need to be on that hot seat. Again, he can't be fired but on the hot seat so he can, you know, make some drastic changes. Whether it's go get your own quarterback, bring in a free agent quarterback you like, you know, figure out what your running back situation is, uh, figure out your defense. But he got to do something there. So I'm going to take that right back to you. What do you think, Lajeen, on that aspect?
1: I believe you got to give a coach a chance, man. Uh, He came into a situation that was already in a struggle. Uh, right off the bat you lose the most important piece to your offense which was your running which was your rookie running back and carry on johnson um, season you trade your second best receiver on the team. you're steady breaking the team apart but steady asking him to turn it into a winning team it, It's hard to turn uh, a winning team out of broken pieces and you're steady taking pieces away. the defense uh, keeping answer was great. Putting the defense together was pretty good this year, but uh, like I, like you just said, it, it takes time, man. Right? You got to put some time into it and let it let it gel together because right now they haven't had an opportunity. Now the other question is, like you said, he kind of did this team after the Thanksgiving Day loss. Now the question is, where is he with this team when it comes to next offseason? He through another situation where they got to struggle so. You got to ask yourself that question It could, you know, this, this last game could dictate how they choose to move forward in Detroit. So I, I I don't know at this point in time, but anything is possible because teams are always trying to get better. You know what I'm saying? And now it's all about offensive-minded head coaches. DeFilippo just came available. You know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. has taken a hit more than anything to me because you were in a position to prove that you were a capable offensive coordinator and you got terminated from that job. So, we'll we'll see what happens here, but it's a possibility. Um, I don't know, but, uh, you know, Bobo, you always have a little something to say.
0: Yep. Bobo?
2: Yeah. I mean, I'd look at it like this. As far as with a rookie head coach, you got to give him time. You know, it can't just be, you know, well, if he doesn't if he doesn't win his first year, then let's just get rid of him. You don't want to do that. You just got to give him time. You got to let him get in the players that he want to get in. You know, you want to get that locker room where it needs to be and then just go from there as well. You know, you want to make sure you got your right quarterback. You got the right – players in place you know as well you got to have the players to fit the system at that so that's just my take as far as with a rookie head coach you got to give them time you know you can't just say well i'm just gonna give up on them because we didn't do good this season because i don't think it's gonna work you got to give it time you got to see where he's gonna progress because this is you know especially if it's their first head coaching position just got to give it time i mean what do i mean
0: with that as well. Okay. well, here's, here's my hot seat. Um, I say definitely Marvin Lewis has to go. That'd be the first one on the list. I'm, 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 I'm actually drop a couple of them. Marvin Lewis need to be on the list. That team is not changing. The identity is not changing. It's just not working anymore. Long story short, you need to be out of there. You just get rid of him and you need somebody else that's going to be innovative, you know, change some things up. Uh, you know, it could keep with the pieces that they have that's working for them offensively and defensively because you still got, you know, one of the best wide receivers in A.J. Green. You still got a nasty front seven uh, on that defense. You just got to figure out, you know, some of those uh, cornerbacks and uh, safety situations over there. So, but yeah, Marvin Lewis need to go. Um, uh, next, I would say that uh, Doug Marone, uh, I would say he need to go. I'm, I, I really am. I know the situation. I know Jacksonville was a mess when he took it over. But at this point, the the way he lost that team, I mean, he got guys out there fighting. You got uh, uh, guys fighting amongst themselves. They, they fighting and arguing with the coaches. I think that's a whole shamble uh, that, you know, you just need to end. I don't think you end that. On a good note, where you know you can get guys that come back and just you know want to buy into the system because you got uh, you got a quarterback that's a mess over there. You know shouldn't have ever been extended a contract that wasn't on him. But at the same time, you know he probably didn't step up and say anything either. He knew the situation. So, and I yes. think that's why a lot of the the guys were arguing with coaches and position coaches and even a head coach. So it's it's gotten out of hand. He got to go. It, it, it just won't work. Um, Jay Gruden, I give him a pass. Um, because he came into a situation with a new quarterback and then injuries happen. And what can you do when you lose, um, you lose Alex Smith. And then you have to go to a backup who hadn't played in a while, who got injured and you had to go to another backup who, you know, had been a backup backup for a couple of seasons. And then he even, you know, you benched him for another backup who ain't paid since 2011. (laughs) He was just dealt a bad hand. So I give him a pass on that one um, from that aspect. But um, at the, and, you know, Joe Philbin over there at the Packers, uh, he ain't showed nothing over there to keep that job. He's been a head coach once before in Miami. So I think you let him go and you try to get somebody over there um, to take over at that, uh, that head coach position with the Packers. So. Um, what about in Arizona? Let- go ahead.
1: What about Wilkes in Arizona?
0: you got to give him another chance too. he just took that position over it's the same way we was just talking about um over in detroit he just took that position over too that team is a mess over there quarterback wise you know receiver wise you know defensive wise it's 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 a big mess over there it's you got to get him you got to be patient with him and get him at least two seasons to figure everything out um I can't say that he has the mess that Doug Marrone has, and I can't say he um, lost uh, lost the team like Detroit did or anything like that. But I definitely think you got to get him, you know, at least another two seasons to get everything figured out here. Yes.
1: Okay. okay.
2: And, and not only that, to add to that, he has his quarterback. So, like, I got to agree with Twaney. You got to give him another check because he has his quarterback. So that you start with that, and then you build off that? So yeah, I wouldn't say him. Um as far as him, but as far as with Doug Monroe, that's kinda like a head scratcher, but I can't I can't disagree with what you said, Twani, with that, you know, that it's all a mess. They went from being a one of you know, a contender to now just a mess. So I can't disagree with that, Twani. I can't disagree with that at all.
0: Yeah, it's it's bad over there. When you get everybody fighting amongst each other, man, it's just not a good look. Nobody's agreeing, you know, so you just gonna have to agree to disagree and everybody separate, you know, whether you got to start trading some cats off or some coaches got to be fired, you know, to, you know, infuse a different situation, whatever the case may be, but things got to get changed around. And I just don't think it happens with Doug Marone and the rest of his staff, so... That being said, um <clears throat> let's look at uh, before Stars we close out here uh we'll take a, it it does all day long. I agree with you yep. um so keeping with the bad since we were talking about coaches on the hot seat um let's uh talk about uh some of these vacancies that's already open and then some vacancies that may, you know, end up being open at the end of the season. So, Lajean, what's a couple of uh, vacancies that you see um, – vacancies, vacancies that you possibly see opening up at the end of the season here since we were already talking about coaches on the hot seat?
1: Man, I ain't going to lie. There was a couple of hot seats that I thought was coming up and some vacancies that I thought was going to come up, like, I thought uh, Dallas was going to have a vacancy with Jason Garrett, but then they got hot. Um, I think Vance Joseph's situation is probably what it's going to be like. So, Denver, uh, I don't think, is going to have an opening. Um, But there are about five to maybe six teams that I see that's possibly going to have an opening that, you know what I'm saying, are looking to make some coaching changes. That's going to be the Browns, uh, the Packers, the Bengals, uh, the Jaguars, the Jets possibly. And uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, definitely. We spoke on Dirk Colder, Dirk Colder earlier about him needing to be out of there. We definitely know Marvin Lewis need to be out of Cincinnati, but that's probably why they hired Hugh Jackson, expecting to go in that direction. I don't know why, but you know, that's something they're looking at doing. Definitely Jacksonville is to go from where they were last year to where they are this year. That's a disappointment and that falls on the coach, especially with all the infighting like you guys were talking about previously. Then you look at the New York Jets. I really don't think they're going to let Todd Bowles go because they just gave him an extension back in 2017 for an extra two years. So I think they're going to let that play out and see how it goes. But in the other situations, you are definitely looking at a new coach Um, and somebody that can come in and change what's going on, especially with the Packers because they want to get back on the road. So they're probably going to look for somebody offensively. Jacksonville. Who knows? Because you don't know how much of that team is going to stay together because of how much they tried to spend on it. So there's going to be a lot of turnover there, depending on where they go, coach-wise and quarterback-wise. So you don't know what's going to happen there at Jacksonville. So it's a lot of, it's a few places and trying to see which one is the seat that I'd want the most. (laughs) None of them are too attractive right now outside of the Browns that would be the place that I'd want to go if there was an opportunity out on the table out there uh, to coach and I can see why Bruce Arians has been uh, tilting his hat in that direction you know what I mean so it, it's smart on him that's that's a good place to be if you're going to do it um, Charlie I mean I, I heard you talking about it earlier some coaches need to go but there's going to be some vacancies already open
2: yeah I mean I mean everything that you hit on like Gene I mean I, cu- I couldn't have green more as far as like with all these openings. But I will say this though, as far as with the openings go, um, when you talk about Green Bay, you talk about the Packers, you talk about Aaron Rodgers, the only coach I, the only, the only coach I can see that's going to, that could come over there and actually t- like put a stranglehold on Aaron Rodgers, not so much a stranglehold, but actually just getting where he need to be and I actually hold him accountable. Because we know coaches don't hold players accountable, which like they should, is uh Josh McDaniels from the Patriots. Um I think that'll be a nice one-two combination for what he has done with Tom Brady, him going over there to Green Bay as well. Um, yeah, the Browns is very attractive uh, as well. I mean, um McDaniels can actually go to Cleveland with Baker Mayfield. I mean, those two I see as, like, is one of the hot spots as far as, like, if you look at quarterback situation go. I mean, obviously, you know, you want to – the way the NFL is set up now and the way that these vacancies is going to be, you going to want an offensive coach because that's just where way the NFL is, is being set up right now. So, McDaniels is going to get his shot again. It's just a matter of do you want to take a chance on a veteran like Rodgers? Or do you want to go and go with the young Baker Mayfield that you know you can groom and be your guy, you know, and see if he can, you know, kind of have a good sophomore season on the season that he already have, his rookie season. Again, I mean, like you said, the Jets, Buccaneers, you know, all you know all those coach vacancies, we know all that. And I still feel like my, you know, the, the Stillers is vacancy. That's going to be open as well, as I mentioned earlier but I think McDaniels is going to be that is going to be that guy where he's going to make a, he has to make a decision. You know, do I want to just stay in new England or do I want to go with Rogers who I know was a proven quarterback and I know I can hold him accountable or do I go with the young hot stud that they have in Cleveland, which is Baker Mayfield.
0: What do you think, Juani?
2: What do you you say about
0: that? Um, going back to what you were saying about, uh, Um, about Green Bay. I really don't think uh, McDaniels is going to get picked up. That's just my take. It could just be my opinion. But here's why why I say that. One, he already had screwed up the Denver Broncos to the point they had to bring John Elway in and give him, you know, like total control to you know reconstruct that team from how he dismantled that team which was already a good team and a playoff team at that point and then with the draft pick moves he was doing as well too really had put them in a hurting for a while so two so that was his first mistake but you know people are willing to look over that after you know he again won some super bowls as a offensive coordinator great right. so you get another opportunity again and then you burn the coach the way you did so to to burn another team when somebody's giving you another chance i honestly don't see him getting another opportunity but if i'm wrong i don't see it working out for him for the packers and here's why you just had mike mccarthy over there who would you know won a super bowl and everybody knows the rumors about how him and aaron Rodgers wasn't getting along so you're gonna take uh Uh, A Josh McDaniels who already ruined a Denver team, burned a coach team, and then you have a strong-minded older quarterback in Aaron Rodgers. You think he really going to respect that man and listen to him? To uh, you know, and, and and tell him to run things his way to you know for winning purposes. I just honestly don't see it happening that way. I really see another blowout if he was to get another shot, and then if he was to land over there, I really don't see them two meshing together well at all. So, if anything, if he does get another shot. It would have to be something like the Cleveland Browns. It definitely ain't gonna work with him over it with the Packers. It it, it just honestly ain't. Um,
1: well, to close on your statement, Twenty, I'll say it like this. <clears throat> Green Bay's best option is to hire a defensive-minded coach so that he can hire an offensive coordinator that will be willing to bend to Aaron Rodgers' will on the I agree. Flip side, Josh McDaniels, whatever it was that New England offered him. Josh McDaniels ain't trying to go nowhere but New England at this point in time. That's the only reason you risk taking the chance that he did to walk away from a mm. job that he was ready to take over. You got to understand that at some point there has to be an heir apparent to Belichick. And at this point, whatever it was that was said behind closed doors, I think that's a part of what kept Josh McDaniels in New England point blank. And that's understood.
0: Hey, I don't disagree with you with that at all, but I do want to point something else out. Uh, Since you said the heir apparent to uh, Bill Belichick, there was also supposed to be an heir apparent to uh, Tom Brady. You let uh, Garoppolo uh, get traded off to um, San Francisco and Bill Belichick did not want that. So that being said too, uh, just to kind of play devil advocate, it could be, you know, a situation where he got cold feet and he stayed. He didn't feel like that team was structured the right right way, but now it's coming to backfire on him thinking, ah, you know what? This team going to need too much work. I'd rather stick with a winner, so I'm going to just go back here. You know, again, that's me just playing devil advocate, you know, especially with seeing how they traded off the heir apparent to Tom Brady. And, you know, that man looking pretty old right now. He ain't looking as strong as he used to, and he definitely ain't looking like he did last year or the season before last, so. But that, you know, again, that's my opinion, well, my take on it. But well, you know it's I'm going to throw it. Not the playoffs.
2: Well, you, well, you know what? I'm going to go and throw a card ball at y'all, fellas. You know. Uh, what about Nick Saban? No. <laughs> no, I'm see- no, no, that, you laughing like I'm dead serious. I mean, you, you, I you know, know you are.
0: And I'm still, still saying, like, saying like,
2: no. I'm, see- I'm like, you, I mean, something. Somebody might take a chance. Could, could it be Cleveland? I'm, I'm just saying, I'm, I'm, as far as – that's why I say I'm going to throw a curveball because that's a curveball as well. Or you can look at a – if it is Nick Saban, do he bring in an Urban Meyer with it? Because, you know, Urban Meyer is gone after this season from Ohio State. Do, do Cleveland look at Ohio that? Do, do Cleveland look at something like that? that? That's how I'm looking at it. You know, you got You know who Baker Mayfield is.
1: This is true, but the NFL you know is trying to get younger. They are trying to get younger. <laughs> I got you. I got, I
2: got you. I, I got you. But I'm just, More I'm just saying, like as far as like with that.
1: Go ahead. Go ahead. More importantly, look at the way he has constructed his college teams. There's not an NFL constructed in that way which okay. also means he has to bring his formula and try to make it NFL-ready. It's great for the college ranks because when you get all the players, it makes a big difference on how you run that offense and defense. But when you're playing against great players all around the league, your great players amount to sometimes average players. So now you're learning how to actually coach.
2: But, but when yeah. that... I I agree with that, but wouldn't that also account towards of him producing great players and going up against great players? I mean, his teams wise in college, I mean, I mean, come on now, we got players. come on now, we got Eddie Jackson, we got Eddie, you know, I call him Eddie Kane. But Eddie think Jackson. About it like
1: this: you know what think I'm saying? About That's about how I'm looking it. at. Go ahead, yep, go ahead. How many first rounders does he create a season now? How many of those first rounders actually turn out to have great careers? That's the difference. Okay. you can put people in the draft all day, that don't mean they're going to be successful for a career, and that's the difference. He puts out a lot of great players, but they don't have the longevity all the time that we're looking for from first round picks.
0: So you're saying, I like Clinton Dix. Ha ha, Clinton Dix. That's what. That's one right there. Hey, Andrew, you know. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, go ahead. Hey, but I, I, I'm I'm a throw I'm a I'm a I'm a counter that too as well um uh from from both of y'all statements but I'm 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 on the side of, of a hygiene with this first we got to go back to Nick Saban's pro time with the Dolphins okay he did terrible with the Dolphins his was just like Josh McDaniels as well too to the point where he didn't even finished off the season he voted to go uh coach for Alabama that you you can't do that that's to me, that's worse than what uh, uh McDaniels did to the coach. At least hey, he didn't even start a training camp or a mini camp, he just decided to say, You know what? I withdraw my name and I'm gonna just go back to New England. This man was already coaching. Players wasn't liking him. He was losing the locker room. So this dude pulled a college move. This is what you hear in college. You hear all the rumors, oh, I'm not going to go here and coach. I'm going to stick with y'all. And all of a sudden, boom, bowl game come. I'm not going to coach. I'm going to go over here and take this big contract and leave over here. You did this in the pros. So, one, that's not going to work. Two, like LaJean was saying, you can put all these these players in the pros all you want to. It's 117 Division One schools, but out of, out of those, Everybody wants to play for the big school that's gonna play, that's gonna be on national television so they can help their draft stock. Period. You know what I'm saying? So you're getting all of the best of the best of the best, you know. So regardless actually, if you're going up against exactly. So regardless if you're going up against a Clemson, you still getting the you know, the top, you know, what I'm saying 20 over Clemson probably getting the you know what I'm saying from 25 on down. On the top players and stuff, it don't work that way in the pros when you got 32 teams, and like Lajean like said, everybody is good over there. So now, those so called good first rounders they do look kind of bad again. Use an example, HaHa Ha Clinton Dix. Why is he trading? He was, he was what a, a seventh, eighth pick or whatever at the time being. Yeah, and already he's traded. We can name quite a few more some of the offensive linemen, they defensive linemen, some of the other running backs. Jacksonville got a running back over there, um, uh, that and they end up drafting. Uh, after LSU running back the next season and stuff. So that that tells you a lot. Um, so uh, when they when they drafted uh, Fournette, um, so it's it's been a lot of Alabama players, yes, that uh, went to the pros, but there's been a lot more, you know, that haven't done much with the you know first and second round status. You got to look at you know situations where you got uh, you know uh, Eddie Jackson. Yeah, we know he came off a broken leg, but he showed enough um, off his broken leg season that showed that he could be a return man, he could be a good safety, and it's panning out that he's healthy and stuff. So I really don't see. Him getting an opportunity now, he could you know get calls all day long, you know to you know uh, spark his interest and stuff. But at the end of the day, the, uh, what he's done in the past ain't gonna settle well with you know other owners. It ain't gonna settle well with other players as well too, because that talk gonna keep there. I don't care how long ago it happened, and that's the same way I'm looking at McDaniels. I think he kind of burned burned up his opportunity.
2: And again, like I said, I I, I I'm not. I can't dispute it. I'll just it was just a curveball. I'm not. I'm not taking sure. it, which I, I was just throwing a curveball out there. Because it, it, it could be someone out there that thought the same thing I thought. Like, what about a Nick Saban or Urban Meyer? Or what about the, the, the head coach from Oklahoma? You know, you think about David, it like this. You know what I'm saying? You think I'm just, about it like this. Most
0: ball. of them. Go ahead. Yeah, but most of them who don't adapt to the game itself. At the end of the day, you can be innovative all you want to. Right. But – When those who think they could still run a college offense all together and don't adapt to the pro game, that's why the Chip Kellys, that's why Irvin – not Urban Meyer, Nick Saban, you know, that's why these guys don't last. We can go back to Steve Spurrier with the, you know, the Spurrier ball, you know, when he was in Washington. This is why these guys don't last because they didn't try to just add elements of their college game like Nagy is doing. That's why he went and got an offensive, you know, coordinator from, you know, from um Oregon to, you know, to help run his system and be innovative with his process, you know, you know, exactly like Jimmy Johnson, you know, who brought some of his college elements, you know, to the pro aspect. You have to be, you know, saying flexible, you have to be willing to adapt and you have to understand these grown men are smart, you know, People can't dumb down, you know, NFL players. This ain't, you know, back in the 70s or 80s where guys were, you know, having people cheat on their tests. These guys are smarter, they bigger, they stronger, and they faster for a reason, man. The game changed a a long ways, light years away from what it used to be and stuff like that. When you try to come in and think, you know, you're going to just, this is what I need, and it's going to work, it blows up in all those guys' faces, and that's why they didn't last too long, and that's why some of them went back to, you know, went back to college. You know, and think about it like this. Jim Harbaugh, he was able to adapt that college Stanford game um, with elements of the pro game because he played in the pros and has uh, San Francisco very successful and had a good defense as well, too. But those who did not, did not last long in the NFL at all. So that's why I don't see Spurrier. I mean, uh, excuse me, that's why I don't see Saban coming back. Yeah, just to close
1: out on that, Juan, from, from the perspective of what you're saying, when it comes to what he's accomplished in college, he's done a great deal for college football, but he's already shown once that he can't handle the big stage of the NFL. Uh more importantly, he's not going to be able to adjust. He's worn his welcome. Right now, what the NFL is looking for is younger, uh new innovative minds to do what they can do. When you come to the NFL, you got to have a plan of taking not only your game, but the NFL game and making it plan together. You're seeing that with a lot of these coaches right now. It's a lot of college bleeding into the NFL, but it's a lot of NFL offenses that are allowing that to happen. So Mm -hmm. that's what he'd have to compete with, and he's not ready for that at this point in time.
0: Okay, definitely, Definitely. definitely. All right, so final thoughts here, fellas. We're going to go ahead and get ready to close out the show. So, Charlie, we'll start with you. What's your final thoughts on today's segment? The NFL, the hot seat, the executive of the year, coach of the year, give it to us.
2: Oh, man, appreciate that, man. So
0: pretty much my final thoughts is just this, man. Like I said, you,
2: you know, when it's all said and done, as far as Ryan Pace go, I want him to get it. But like I stated earlier, I won mine, and Bally got it. And I still feel like I feel it's time for my Tomlin to go. I, that's just how I feel. I mean, when it's all said and done, you had your chances. You know, Pittsburgh fans are tired as well, especially for what I've seen this season. You know, it's just it's just a lot, you know. Like I said, these hot seat coaches, they're going to end up going as well. And like I said, man, when it's all said and done, you play to win the game. You coach to win the game when it's all said and done. <clears throat> so, again, if Tomlin goes, I will let you know, Twani, that I told you. <laughs> I told you that my <laughs> Tomlin is gone. You know, he gone like the wind as well. So, it's just, again, you know, you, you play to win the game. So, Lajin, what do you what's your final thoughts with that?
1: Well, I'll say this. And the famous words of Matt Nagy Pace, executive of the year. Boom. Nagy, coach of the year. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I feel we take the, the clean. It hasn't happened in a very long time, and they deserve it, man. Look at what Ryan Pace has done in one offseason, going from five wins. <laughs> <clears throat> no division wins last year, as a matter of fact. Uh, to the from the cellar, this strong NFC North division to the top of this NFC North division and playing for a possible second season, you can't deny what Ryan Pace and what Mac Nagy together has done. Um, offensively, it's creative. It's innovative. It, it gets the job done. It keeps Mitch Trubisky safe enough for them to win games. And defensively, Vic Fangio has taken his defense to another level, which is allowing Pace looked that much greater for signing Kaleo Mack at the beginning of the season. Who thought this would be the outcome at this point in time? I can say I did. I don't know how many other people believed it, but at this point in time they are where they need to be and it's because of what Ryan Pace and Matt Mack has done. All right.
0: So my final thoughts then, <clears throat> I agree with you La I do think it's a clean sweep. I think it's hand down. You got to give it to Ryan Pace at that executive of the year. You got to give it to um, Matt Nagy as that coach of the year. It, you know, just some statistics here. He doing this without, you know, a dominant number one wide receiver. He's doing this still with some, you know, some injuries to the offensive line and not the best right or left tackle. He's doing this without having a thousand yard running back. And he's doing this with a quarterback that, you know, still a lot of people didn't believe in. But they see the ability here on the offensive side. We already had a top. You know, top ten defense last year. It was genius for him to go out there, uh, Ryan Pace to go out there and make sure that they did whatever they could to land Mac to make this team that much better, and then keeping key keep free agent pieces as well too. So together, you got to give both of them that. Um, you got to give them that they, uh, they just do. They deserve it, like LaJean said. Going back to Charlie, we're gonna continue to agree to disagree. Uh, I'm telling you right now, Mike Tomlin ain't going nowhere because at the end of the day, numbers don't lie. Um, again with the running game at the running back position he was even able to after Connors got hurt put another running back that was able to go in there and do the same thing this falls on your quarterback who put that team constantly in bad position and that's who needs to be moved on from you need to go ahead and draft somebody and get a spark going here because the man ain't working there you know yep everything falls on the head coach at some point in time but that's going to be up to that head coach to say hey I need a I need another quarterback in here because Ben just ain't getting the job done. You don't have that much talent over there. And like I said, the Bears ain't got the talent that they have at the wide receiver position. You got two thousand yard wide receivers over there. You got a thousand yard running back over there. No reason you should be in this position. That does not fall on your on your head coach. That falls on the uh that falls on the quarterback. But so we closing it out here. Please, 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 if you're a new subscriber, hit that subscribe button. Mash it down for us. Send a link. Tell everybody about us. Come back and listen to us again. Next week, we'll probably be on with the holidays again. Next Tuesday as well, too. So we hope you come back and listen to us. And then, hey, you know, we're just going to keep the ball rolling from here. So please come back and listen to us. Fellas, go ahead and hit them with your handles before we close it out.
1: So this is your boy, Lajin, that's at L-Y underscore G-E-N-E. Hit us up. All y'all that's first-time listeners, please hit the subscribe button. Please come back and check us out. Tell your friends about us. We just here talking about sports and the love of sports. This is a family affair. We hope you enjoy it. Yo, Bo. tell them what's up, man.
2: For sure, man. Again, my Twitter, my Twitter name is Charlie8606. Like I said, I go by Bobo, I go by, you know, by family wise, a.k.a. Charlie. Also want to say shout out to my moms because she finally listened to our podcast, man. And, you know, she said we're doing, we doing real good and she see us going somewhere. So, you know, because my mom, she don't really like sports, but she likes the podcast. So that's a blessing right there as well, to give her blessing to us three for what we're trying to do. And like LaGene like said, you know, family-wise, friends-wise, you know, we we just do it for – we sports, you know, we do it for everybody. I'm passing it on to you, Twani, man.
0: All right. Hey, appreciate y'all. We really do. Shout out to moms too, Bobo Mom, for showing us love. Hey, we hope everybody else keeps showing us love and keep coming back and, you know, keep keep other people trying to listen to us as well too. We appreciate it. So from that, we closing on now from the sidelines. Happy holidays to y'all. The Christmas edition. We'll holler at y'all in the new year. One love. From
2: the sidelines.
0: Thanks, Mom. From the sidelines. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. From the sidelines. We out.